It is Tuesday, May May 18th, 2020. I'm Kevin Williams. This is the LDS Life Podcast. Eric Mozo is my guest today. You know, Eric, I had the hardest time pronouncing your name until a few days ago. Um, well, and that one. You, you yeah. messed that one up too, but it's okay. I'll forget. Oh, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> it's Mutsos. Mutsos. Oh, okay. So it, it is the S. Okay. All right. Yeah, you were almost there. You okay. almost had it. Well, anyway, uh, Eric, you've got a, quite a story. You've been a cop. You've been, uh, you were a member of the Sutherland Institute for a while, and now you have the business revival. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to speed this up as quick as I can here. Um, you were a cop for how, from when to when? 2007 to 2014. And what got you into the idea of being a cop? What, what made you want to be a cop? Well, I kind of just fell into it. I was pursuing a music career, actually, uh, when I had first before I got married. And then right after I got married, I was on a Vander Holyfield's record label for four years. And um, I realized that that wasn't the path for us, um, especially for a young family. And then I, I did a ride-along with this guy in my old ward in Taylorsville. He was on the gang unit and the SWAT team. He took me out and it was one of the best nights I've ever had. You know, we, I put on a bulletproof vest. We went around Salt Lake city and, and I fell in love with police work that night. All right. So that was back in 2007 or when was that exactly? Well, I did the ride along probably back in 2005, maybe four. I can't remember. And then I, oh, okay. and then I got into, so maybe, maybe 2005 or six. I can't remember. It was right before, you know, obviously before I got hired. Yeah, so obviously, and then you had to go to the academy and all that, so that took time, and then you got to be a cop, and then something happened where, and this is why I'm a little fuzzy, apparently you didn't want to ride the motorcycle during the gay pride parade in 2014, but then something came up on my news feed about how you were supposed to draw choreographical things. I'm a little fuzzy there. What exactly happened? Well, if you rewind a few more years before that, I was kind of on their list. You know, you get on the, you know, you get on these lists where they just don't like you. And I had called out their, their quota system in Salt Lake city, you know, cause we had to do, you know, five misdemeanors per day when I was on the bicycle unit. And I challenged my Sergeant at that point. And, and that's when I kind of got on their list. And so there was history. I'm just saying that there was history before all of a sudden this event took place. Okay. Um, I had been, I had been calling Salt Lake city out on several different occasions, um, on several different issues, which I didn't want to, I didn't want to call them out. I, I wanted to just have my job and move on, but they were so blatant. The things that they were, that were happening were so gross, um, that goes against everything that America stands for everything that, you know, morality, we try to stand for morality and it was just wrong. And I would just call them out all the time. I had never, I had never been written up in my police career. Seven years, I'd never been written up. Um, never went to IA um, up until, you know, they asked five of us to celebrate in the LGBT parade, which is another, you know, as you can imagine, that's, that's a tough thing to swallow. They, they wanted five people to come in on our off duty on our off time. And they wanted us to not just protect the parade. They wanted us to celebrate in the LGBT parade in our police uniforms. Um, and, and the chief at the time, chief Burbank, 
um, very, very LGBT pro gay activist. Yeah. And, and so he wanted to use the police as his pawns for his activism and it was wrong. And I just said, Hey, look, I'll protect it. I'll go and I'll protect their right to, to speak. I'll, I'll protect anyone's right to speak. That's what I signed up for, but I'm not going to advocate this. I'm not going to even appear. I'm not even going to look like I'm advocating this. And that was it. They took my bat. Well, well, I should go back. I just traded positions with another cop. So I just went to another police officer and said, Hey, will you be in the parade? I'll do your security spot. No problem. We switched. And then an hour later, an email came down the chain from the sergeant, um, who was not find, fond of me at all. Um, he said, there will be no trading positions. And so I knew that was a smoking gun email. He knew that I had the trade or else he never would have said that. And, um, he sent a pretty nasty email down or I sent an email up explaining, Hey, this is the reason why it goes against what I believe. You know, if it was, if this was an abortion parade, uh, the police shouldn't be in it, right? We need to be there to protect speech, but not be involved in someone's speech. The police need to be neutral. Um, and so that's, so then a couple of days after that, they pulled me in the office and they took my badge and my gun for discrimination and my whole world flipped upside down. So they wanted you to be in the, what did they want you to do specifically in the parade though? Oh, they the just way. wanted us to do the choreographed maneuvers, you know, where you do the celebration spins like, woo. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm so, sorry. I'm so a it's part of the, it's part, it's part of the party. Is. Yeah. It's part of the party. Okay. Okay. So they, and then, so you spent six months, I don't want to say in hiding, but your identity was anonymous. What, what made you come out and say, yes, this is Eric Motz. No pun it? intended. Motzus? Mootsos. Mootsos. I'll get it right. It's such a weird Just last name. Okay. Boots. Just think about boots, but moots. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Mootsos, Mootsos, Mootsos. Yeah, I like that. So um, I just had a really strong feeling that I needed to to tell my story because at that time, there was legislation being passed. I think it was called SB 296, which was a religious freedom gay rights bill that was trying to protect both, you know, and everyone in the community were saying things like, there has been no religious discrimination. Uh, why, why are they trying to protect religious, uh, you know, religious liberty when there's been no cases? I mean, Governor Herbert at the time said there, there's been no cases, but, but then finally, once I started telling my story, uh, they used my story as a, as an example of why we need to have religious freedom protected as the first amendment should be. I don't know why we need to run bills that, that are, are already there for our first amendment rights. But, um, so I, so that's what, that's what had me come out and tell my story was I just felt very strongly that I needed to, to tell my story. Yeah. Okay. And so when you told your story, obviously you found out who your friends were really quick, didn't you? I did. And how do you feel that you were treated by the media, uh, KSL and all the media? Cause I've seen some of the interviews and from what I saw, they seem to be fair, but maybe I'm missing something here too. Yeah. No KSL, you know, it's funny cause that story, I was going to be with another reporter at the time and some, you could tell there was a lot of uh, politics within at KSL, that was, you know, seven years, eight years ago. I can't, I don't know how many years ago that was. Yeah. You could tell there was some, there was some definite turmoil within just on that story because it's all how they wanted to spin it. Ultimately, the truth is the truth. I have all the emails to prove it. I've got all of the 
there's really nothing they could say to that. I mean, what can you say when any reasonable person thinks about it and is like, yeah, that that's not right. I mean, the LA Times, they were on my side. The Salon magazine were, wow. they were on my side. So, so you, you can't dispute these things. There's right and there's wrong. And yeah. when you're going to force somebody into something that goes against their beliefs, there's a certain level of, of natural law that everybody can feel. And that natural law is just right and wrong. And, and that is exactly what I felt when they were trying to pressure us into being political pawns for the police department. Yeah. So then you went on and you were at the Sutherland Institute. Uh, how long were you there for before you started oh, your, I don't uh, know. I don't what's know. that? A few months. I was there for uh, seven, eight months. I think it just wasn't my, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I just didn't, uh, I didn't fit in too well there either. <laughs> and wh why is that? Just in a nutshell, because I know we're uh, out of time constraint. Oh, I don't know. You know, um, I, I, I don't know. They're they're good people. You know, it's just it just wasn't my thing. Okay, fair enough. Um, so then you went on at some point to host or be in charge of the Utah Business Revival. And that's when you really started making headlines. That's when I really started hearing about you. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us how you got into that. Well, it was a, um, I got a phone call from one of my friends at the police department who's still there. And they said, Eric, there's a, the mayor has put up a snitch line to where you can call the police if you're not social distancing. So in other words, I was going to get a bike for Christmas, but somebody snitched on me. So I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Yeah. Except it's worse because it, <laughs> it's not a, it's not on a, it's not, it wasn't stealing. It was, it was calling on your neighbor to the police department because you're not social distancing. And that was probably up to date, probably the, the most communistic move that Salt Lake city had made that blatant to where neighbors are now calling on their neighbors. Yeah. And that just, that just fired me up. Um, it just fired me up. And so I called the snitch line on myself and I just said, Hey, there's going to be a former policeman that's going to do a giant rally on, you know, April, whatever it was second. I can't, I can't remember. And so I put a call to action out. I had like thousands and thousands of views and a couple thousand people showed up. And I just told people, hey, purchase food from these local establishments that are that are really hurting right now. These businesses, these non-essential businesses that are getting hurt. And um, and and thousands of people came. And then that's when I had the idea to start the Utah Business Revival, which is just a group. Right. It's just a it's yeah. just a group where people can um, share the same beliefs that we have about what's what's going on with the government and covid. And we were going to go around and help save these small businesses in Utah, these non-essential businesses that were uh, getting hammered. And we were just going to take over parks in protest. So I would call the sheriffs, police departments, um, and I would just say, hey, we're going to take over this park. Are you going to arrest us? No, we're not. So then I would do a call to action and have all these businesses show up with all their booths. And we would just shop and help these businesses. And we'd listen to music. And then you know, this guy comes up to me with a book. He had this kind of like a kind of a book. It was his business and he opens up his, um, like a folder and it had all of these stages like music, music stages and lights and, you know, sound equipment. 
And he's like, this is what I do. And I just had this lightning bolt of an idea that we're going to do a concert. <laughs> and so and th this was he, something that somebody handed you at one of your events. Correct. Uh, was yeah, this the show... first event, the Utah business? Was this? No, first... this was at, I, I believe, I believe this was at the vineyard event. Somebody showed oh, me. Oh, okay. Down in Utah County. That's right. Okay. Okay. Carry on. I yeah, knew so that there was an event in Utah County. That's why I was a little confused when I read Salt Lake. Okay, carry on. It makes sense. Yeah. So, so then, so then at that point, um, so then at that point, I just felt, or I just had this thought, like we're gonna do, we're gonna do a concert. And then I called. Uh, I either called or text Colin Ray because Colin, I had opened up for Colin Ray years ago. You know, Colin Ray, the country singer. And, um, and Colin Ray, he's, I, I had opened up for him, I don't know, 15 years ago. And he, um, I said, Hey, how would, how would it be to be the first, you know, the, the first concert since COVID and he's like, I'm in. And, and so, so you got his number so, from the book that your somebody handed you then. No, I had his number in my phone, oh. um, from years ago because I had opened up for him years ago. So that's oh, okay. kind of how that went. Okay. So then, so then basically long story short, you know, it took, we got shut down and, you know, county, two different counties, Kaysville, then we got shut down in, um, Grantsville. And finally we pulled off the concert in, uh, in, uh, sorry, my, my dog's barking. Finally, we pulled off the concert in Iron County, uh, with Paul Cousins and put on the first concert the first official concert since COVID-19 in America, which was really awesome. And that was free of charge, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Now I want to go back to this because you had uh, Kaysville. They said yes, and then the mayor was pressured, so she said no. Then something happened in Tooele because it looks like it was going to happen at some person's yeah, ranch. Yeah, a judge, a judge stepped in. Yeah, a judge stepped in and said we can't do it. But also, we you had a jail. meeting, didn't you? And there was a lot of swearing going on at the meeting from the county commissioner being very hostile to you or something, wasn't there? Oh, I don't I don't remember swearing, but they were, you know, we had a hearing. We, you know, we had to show up for a hearing that whether the judge was going to rule if we could have the concert. And at the same exact freaking time mm -hmm. that Tooele County was hosting their own event. Yeah, wasn't um, it a race car event? That's right. Yep. And well, I don't know if it was race car, but it was a racing, whether it was bikes or motorcycles, I don't know, but, um, they have thousands of people there. And so it just goes to show, you know, when the county's making a lot of money, it, it doesn't really matter. But when a race small business wants to make money, now we got problems, right? Yeah. Um, which, which, which is one of the grossest um, one of the grossest maneuvers that I've seen the government make in a long, long, long time, trying to shut down small businesses as their, their business is okay. You know? And so we did a documentary called non-essential. Um, and you can go to nonessentialfilm.com to check that out. Uh, just the trailers. Um, we did a documentary called non-essential, which, um, just kind of highlighted all of this, all the, all the hypocrisy of the Utah government. And, you know, the Utah government, they think that, oh, we did so great because our economy is so great. Um, we did better than most states. And my answer to that is um, it, it doesn't matter if you're the best or the worst. It's still the worst.
we we failed massively. Uh, this should have never happened. Um, people don't know their rights. The government doesn't know their role. And that's why we're in such a mess because people don't understand their God-given rights. They don't understand um, that God has given them their rights. Government doesn't give the rights. The Constitution doesn't give you your rights. The Constitution is was made to tell the politicians what they can and can't do. And unfortunately, um, that's why we're that's why so many people across America are so confused and government is so confused on their, the proper role, the proper role of government. Um, people don't understand it. And, and it's really sad. It's very, very sad to watch. Well, I was watching this from afar, uh, you and interacting with the County. I want to get back to something you said in a few minutes, but I, uh, and I, I heard on one of your Facebook videos, yes, you're going to have this in Utah, in uh, Iron County. It's official. How did you pull that off without a judge intervening? Was it just because the county commissioner was on your side? Yeah, Paul Cousins. Paul Cousins is an American hero. Paul Cousins stepped up, and he's like, we're going to do it. <clears throat> and so so he got, they got so- with the sheriff. Uh, they found a private property, and we made it happen. So, why did the um, why did the judge get involved in Tooele County then? Because it looks like it was it looked like it was going to oh, go ahead. Well, was gonna... politics. I I think I think it was high above. I think uh, Governor Herbert and all the. I think I, I can't prove it, but I think they were really really trying to stop us. And and so you know, not stopping and going the third time, it just goes to show that that's what America's all about. We don't give up. We're not going to stop just because the government tells you that you're going to stop. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not anti-government, but I'm anti-government thinking that they control our lives. Um, you have to have, you have to have a, you know, proper role. You have to have police, you have to have firemen. Um, you have to have these, you have to have streets. Um, but those are things that are voted on. Um, not, not all of a sudden emergency order after emergency order after emergency order for a cold, um, with a 99.997% survivability for some people, it's unbelievably evil. There's no other word for it than just evil. And so you have to call it for what it is. And if you don't call it for what it is, you can't cast it out. Yeah. So why do you think the judge or a judge did not get involved in Iron County? Was it small and they didn't care or what? What what's your Yeah, it's a different form of government. I mean, you've got you've got a different you've got leaders because when you're an elected representative and you start and you make good choices, that's where I see a leader emerge. Mm-hmm. Um and so all the leaders out there, the true people that believe in the constitution and believe in right and wrong and believe that doing the right thing over, you know, keeping their spot and looking good to the establishment when they're doing those decisions, that's when you have Liberty, um, at all costs, whatever the consequence may be. Um, that's, that's, I think that's why we, we had the concert and that's why it it came off because people stepped up and did the right thing. So do you think the governor did not go down to Iron County and try and enforce it or whoever did it in Twila County because they knew that they would get shut down, do you think? Yeah, or? absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I yeah. just find it interesting that in Twila County, 
I thought was a pretty conservative county shot you oh, it down. Is. Yeah, it is conservative um, as far as it's, you know, the, the county commissioner, you know, uh, county commissioner Sean Milne, he did not want that thing to go down that day. And so he did everything in his power to stop us. But What's the good thing is, is he got voted. Well, the other thing I want to talk about too, yes, it's interesting they had an event that day. I wonder if they did social distancing at that event, like uh, they, you know, they wanted doesn't you matter. to do. Yeah, it doesn't matter. What what the, the government doesn't have the authority to tell someone they got to be away from each other. It doesn't matter. Well, I agree um, with that. I, I'm just wondering though, if we went, if we yeah, went back in gonna, time. Yeah, of course they're going to, they're going to make something up. Oh yeah, well we did this. Yeah, but if we went back in time and watched we a video, this. if we could, I mean, hypothetically, I'd be curious to know. Because if they did not enforce social distancing or wearing masks, which I don't know if they did, but let's just say they didn't. That's pretty they, hypocritical. They didn't in their... Well, where, when I went, because I did the call to action for this event, you know, um, I went to that one of the races and no one was social distancing there. No one was wearing masks where I was at. Wow. So, of course, it's hypocritical. Of course, yeah, it yes. That's, so, but that's the government. I mean, you got yeah. you got Governor Herbert back in back last year shaming Utah County, literally shaming Utah County for for their numbers going up. And he's like, you know, making them feel stupid on the news. But oops, he was at a party that same exact week um, where hundreds and hundreds of people at, were at this like fundraiser party in Utah County at this really ritzy rich house. And he stood up on stage and I've got him on video without a mask and he's shaking hands, wiping his nose. This is governor Herbert. Wow. They don't believe it. They don't actually believe what they're saying. They're doing it. So they look good. Um, that that's it. If they really believed one would be having a party and no one would, and, and they wouldn't be maskless as they were sh as simultaneously shaming Utah County. Well, how, how was the uh, event for the Colin Ray concert? Was there quite a bit of turnout? Was, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh. We had, five, I don't know, 5,000 people. I want to go back real quick. You did have an event, though, that day where a bunch of business people came, a bunch of food trucks. It's interesting they didn't That's try right. to shut that down. Oh, they did. Sean Milne showed up and was writing names down. Health department penalized one of the businesses. Oh, I didn't like know. Okay. Like a hundred dollar fine, and I paid the fine for them. Okay. Um. So yeah, they tried. I mean, they tried, but it just goes to show that they should have never stepped in to begin with. They, the government stepped stepped in it during COVID nineteen, big time, big time stepped in it, and now all they're doing is just doubling down, tripling down, trying to justify their first behavior after behavior after behavior, and now they're going around trying to, you know, put vaccines in little kids. The, yeah, with little kids are gonna they have got a ninety nine point nine seven percent survivability rate. It's unbelievably disgusting. Well, let's go to. Uh, are, is there anything coming up? Because I do want to get to your documentary and ask you a couple questions. But is there anything? What since the Colin Ray concert? What 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 else were you involved in? Oh, and may I mention, by the way, that night that you were holding that event. The business, the food truck thing, the, the food truck uh, incident that was 
that replaced the Colin Ray concert in Tula, there was rioting going on. And I know for a fact there was no social distancing going on there. So that just goes to show the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what have you done since the Colin Ray concert? Because that's re- it seems like that's really what puts you on the map. Oh, we've just been going around showing this film. Um, I've been going around trying to speak to small groups, you know, just explaining to them uh, about their rights and about, you know, how, how I believe God um, wants us to be free. Uh, he made our, he made our immune systems for us to fight off viruses. Uh, and we did, we turned to the wrong God and it's really sad because it's most people are turning to government and not God for the solutions to these things. Yeah. So you've been basically showing your, I understand you had an event in far West and you showed your film there, correct? And you also had someone who exposed Dominion, the company that oh, does elections. Know. Oh, what? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what you mean by that. Expose them. Well, you had someone come and talk about them. I don't remember. I don't okay. know where you're. I don't. I don't remember this event. Okay. Well, it was something I'd read in the paper. But anyway, we'll carry on. Um, so how do people get your film? Um, they can text the word Liberty to 888-210-6260. So if you text the word Liberty to 888-210-6260, when it's finally finished, um, then uh, we will, I'll text it out to everybody. Okay. Cause there's just some audio things and I'm trying to get that all cleared up. Oh, yeah. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. How do you feel that the church has been promoting the vaccine? Now, they're not forcing people to take it. They're encouraging it. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you, how do you feel that President Nelson and a couple other people? Oh, I, you know, it's, uh, you know, personally, I probably wouldn't have got into it the way they have. However, you know, they're, I believe they're doing the best that they know how to do for the knowledge that is presented to them. And ultimately, just like the policy handbook says, it's up to you and God. Sure. People are, people are missing that. It's sure. It's like, it's, it's up, it's between you and, and God. And if people can't see that, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if people think that that's, what's going to get them to heaven, jeez. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, everybody has their agency. And as long as our agency is preserved, I think that's that's the answer. If we're going to start forcing people to take this thing in order to start shopping and doing all these things that we the devil has won, that's for sure. Well, there is a pastor, and I, I want your viewpoint on this. There's a pastor in Tennessee. He came up to Montana, where I live. I didn't get to go to the event, but he came up to, I believe, White Plains, Montana, and talked about how he's trying to get a group together where they have their own, you, you know, you network with people. And if you want to fly across the country, you call up a pilot, tell the pilot, I want to be, let's say, Boston, Massachusetts on this day. And the pilot comes and gets you. Or you network with a farmer, rancher. I want to buy food from you. Do you think that this will be effective? Because it's only a matter of time before the government finds out. I can see the F, the uh, FAA shutting down the pilot, the EPA or the FDA shutting down the farmer. Do you think that this would actually happen? 
Yes. And it's probably going to happen. What I believe what we're going to see is as the, as the control keeps going and as inflation keeps happening, um, it's going to get to the point where you're going to have to choose whether or not you're going to be on a digital currency or not. You're going to have to choose whether you're going to be um, living on your own or, or bowing down to the government based on your behavior, just like in China. That's what's coming. Yeah. Um, I don't know when that's coming, but that, that is what's going to happen. But do you think well, so, there, there will be success, though, in having these private pilots flying you around? And... Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. But, but for how long? I don't know. Okay. You know, uh, I believe we're in the last days. And yeah. I don't even think the Bible can, art- I don't even think the Bible can articulate what's about to happen. And so my hope is that we just stay close to God, stay, listen to the spirit, um, listen to your conscience. Cause there's going to come a time when the only thing that's guiding you is your conscience. And if you're not following that, um, that fear is going to take over. And, um, uh, that's where people are going to lose because they don't know what to do. And that's why everybody has been given a beautiful gift inside of them, which is the light of Christ, when, uh, whether you believe in Jesus or not, your conscience, that's very powerful. And if you listen to that, I believe that's going to lead you right where you need to be. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the more when you stick up for what's right, it may be hard at first, but it gets easier. And yeah. I am finding out when I have stood up for what's right, I've had a lot of people treat me differently and were actually nicer to me as opposed to when I didn't. Have you noticed the same thing? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I kind of am almost to the point where I don't even care what people think. You know, it's yeah. like I just try to get my message out and... You know, if they if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Move on. Absolutely. Well, so what what's coming up next? You've got your film. Any other revivals, business revivals you're coming up with? And how do you feel that things are finally opening, even though I think it was a pandemic myself? But how do you feel that things are opening? I, I think we're going to have another thing happen soon. I don't know when. What are your feelings on that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that it was a test run. To, I think it was a test run by the devil himself to see how, who's going to comply, what they're going to do, who's who, what's what, and then when they push the next button, who knows what's going to happen. I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do know that this is a spiritual war, and the devil's very, very, very good at maneuvering and and planning and warring. He's been doing it from the beginning, and people underestimate him. People think, oh, this is just a thing, and da da da. This is a satanic. Um, if you can feel it, I don't know if you can feel it, but it just feels evil, all of it. And, and so my whole thing is you just got to be the light and you just got to really, really pay attention. Like I was saying to your conscience. Yeah. So what's next for you besides your film? Oh, not a lot. I've got, you know, I, I finally launched a supplement company. Um, it's called freedom blends. Oh, um, absolutely need to go check it out. Uh, freedomblends.com. Um, and I've got some really good products. One of them is called freedom fuel. It's basically all your fruits and veggies, organic probiotics. Um, the purpose of the product is that when your body has all of the nutrients that it needs at the beginning of the day, it has a really hard time craving. The reason why your body craves is because it, it, it doesn't have, it's not properly nourished. And so, 
that's what freedom fuel does. And then it's got an energy component. That's awesome. So, so that's what I'm doing as my, as, as my next venture is, uh, it's, it's called freedomblends.com. Okay. Very good. Um, one more, uh, two more questions, and I'll get you. Uh, uh, stay with me if you can. I'm trying to cut this short. Yeah, I, I got a few minutes. I, well, I got, a, I got a few minutes. I got till eight thirty. Yeah, um, it's just if you listen to my other podcasts, like, they're very long winded. But I know you've got. I'm trying. I'm trying to be sensitive to your time. Um, what do you think of President Oaks's talk? I read your blog entry on it at ericmutsos.com. Uh, I. And you mentioned that you liked it. Yes, President Oaks is not a President Benson. You know, I, I would have liked President Oaks to get more specific as to who the enemies are of the Constitution. That, that would have been very interesting. But what is your? Yeah, but why overall... does it? Why why does he need to? Because it's clear. Like if you're paying attention, you know. So, to me, the church is gonna the church is going to continue to protect the church. The church, in in my belief you can liken the church unto the woman and the woman um, at all costs is going to protect, 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 protect. And when the church puts out letter after letter saying, go to your caucus meetings, go to your caucus meetings, which I have by the way. Well, that's great. I didn't, I I didn't. And so I didn't pay heed. Most people didn't pay heed. I'd say 99 out of a hundred didn't do it. Um, and, but they, they asked us to, from the first presidency, they asked us to go. And I believe it was because they need, the woman needs to be defended uh, by, by people who understand these things. Um, and we didn't do it. And so the woman is being abused by the government. They're going to do exactly what the government tells them to do, anywhere they're at. Just look around. Look at the church in China. Look at the church in uh, Jerusalem. They're going to do exactly what's asked all the way up until masks and vaccines and all these things. And so we're, we're kind of sleeping in our own bed right now in the bed that we made. And so we've got to step up and, and fill these seats with people that are going to stand up, um, to be able to defend the woman. Interesting analogy. I've never heard that. I just would wish he would be specific so people would not just keep wondering, oh, uh, you know, you got people on the other side. Oh, uh, President Oaks is talking about President Trump. Oh, President, then you've got people on our side. Oh, President Oaks is talking about this. If he was specific, I think it would settle a lot of things and make things clear. Not that I am dumb, but if if he was specific, uh, I think it would root out people right away. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think again, that's that's where it goes to show. Um, we've got to we we've got to do it. Like it's 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 up to us. So I don't know. A lot of people want to be, you know, a lot of people want to be told what to do in all things, and I think that's that's very dangerous. I think it's lazy. Um, you know, I believe there's such thing as the celestial kingdom. And in the celestial kingdom, that's where gods reside. And that's where leaders reside. They're not followers, they're leaders. And that's what we're trying to learn, is try to become leaders. You know, you measure, the, 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 the truest way to measure a leader is how many leaders they've created. That's what God's trying to do, is just create leaders. Um, and so that's, 
So I think this test, like here on earth, this is a testing ground to see what we want and who we want to be in the next life. And if you're not going to stand up now, why would you stand up in the next life? Yeah, good point. Well, uh, what have you learned during your experience since the Call Ray concert and COVID? What have you learned from all this? Um, that not very many people have it in them to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done. And it was really sad. But I think, you know, that's Gideon's army. I mean, the Lord doesn't need a million people. He just needs a couple that were willing to do and say the things that need um, said and done. Yeah. Now, uh, what good do you think has come out of COVID? Whatever you want to say, because as much as I think the government has acted overboard, I do think some good has come out of COVID from a technology standpoint or what, what good do you think has come out of COVID or what you've gone through? Um, I would say just, just meeting good people, you know, meeting good people that, that, uh, have that are like-minded. And what I've seen is, you know, I believe that we were, I believe we were on, there was a war in heaven. And in that war, there was front lines. There was front line of people fighting. And I believe the people that are fighting right now are on the same front line then. And it just feels, it just feels really cool to be around these same people. Cause that's, there's a, there's kind of a sense of being home with these people. Um, it's awesome. So I, one thing that's good is, is just uniting with people that believe the same way I do. Yeah. And my last question, uh, before we talk privately off the podcast about something, uh, don't worry, you're not in trouble. Uh, what is your favorite part about being a member of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints? Um, just the knowledge about who we are, uh, who we were born to become. Um, that's when I caught that vision, everything changed, you know, because God, God literally wants us to become like him to the fullest, to the fullest degree. Uh, the word perfect is fully developed and completed. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. And that just means fully developed. And so without that knowledge, it'd be very difficult to navigate, um, who I am. And the principles that I try to stand on, even though I sin every single day, God knows I battle with my demons, but because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to, to be the way. He is the way back to Heavenly Father. And he came and he showed a perfect path. And he was bold, and he was loving, and he taught, and he said the truth. And his own received him not. And so, um, besides, you know, the knowledge of, of who it is that we are, the fact that somebody came down to do it, uh, and did it, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's overwhelming to think that somebody loves us that much that they're willing to sacrifice and to do everything um, for you and me when we don't deserve it. Yeah. So that's what I love about the gospel is, is Christ. Yes. It's amazing how, I mean, obviously at some point there is accountability, but it's amazing how forgiving our father in heaven is, isn't it? It is. 
Yeah, it is. And it's, and it, it humbles me, you know, because, you know, when every time you, at least with me, every time I think I have a sin, um, overcome, right. Uh, then, yeah. then the next, then the next one comes. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you got to battle that one. And yeah. so I'm just thankful that, that he sent Christ to help us give us the strength and the, the enabling power of the atonement to overcome. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. We actually covered everything I wanted to. Um, Stay here for a few minutes if you can, but thanks very much for coming on. I will talk to you later, folks.